Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. This is the Restoration Hour. You're listening to Eurofolk Radio. The date is March 19th, 2022. And tonight is going to be a potpourri of info, but it's primarily going to be about the uh, well, still what's going on in Ukraine, uh, some health info, and uh, if we have time, we'll get into... Uh, how uh, the Americas were settled actually by white people (laughs) going back eons, going back eons. Our country was being settled by white people. So the, the, what do you call it, the uh, analyses of the various uh, Judeos and uh, 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 academics, etc., have all been wrong. And we are actually, uh, the true Americans are the white people, always have been. Okay, but uh, uh, the world has experienced several catastrophes. And uh, I'm also planning on doing a show on Tartaria and trying to uh, get a handle on, because uh, uh, last night we talked about how um, the, the so-called Mongols were actually white people of Tartaria. And uh, the, tar- the Tartars themselves were white uh, people from Tartaria. And uh, I speculated that they were Sethites uh, from way back, uh, from even before Noah's flood. And, so, and certainly many from after Noah's flood. So that should be a really interesting topic. But I need to do a little more research before I can do a show on that. So, but in, in, uh, in what's going on right now, I want to just quickly inform you of what's going on in Ukraine, and it's a pretty sad story because, uh, for example, uh, this is pop topic, Redditors shot dead in Ukraine conflict after volunteering to fight in quote-unquote legion, okay? And as we have informed you that Kalensky, the Jewish president of Ukraine and a, a Rothschild puppet, has actually given weapons to street thugs and automatic weapons uh, by which they can kill each other, kill Ukrainians, and shoot at Russians, <laughs> right? And that's what they've been doing. And these are the so-called neo-Nazis that you're hearing all the, this fake news about. These people are not Nazis. They are not neo-Nazis. They are plants, okay? They are mostly Ukrainians, conscripted for uh, the purpose of internal terrorism and putting on a show so that they can blame it on the Nazis, right? Just as they did in 2014 when Doc Waterman and I reported on the fact that uh, IDR troops, Israeli Defense Forces troops, had gone to Ukraine 
in camo suits and donned, put swastik armbands on and started executing civilians, okay? And these were called Nazis. Yeah, see, yeah, right, Ukraine has a Nazi problem, doesn't it? Okay, this is the kind of nonsense reporting we get from mainstream media. And, okay, so this, the headline here is, it's an unfair fight. Redditor, I guess Reddit being uh, a social media platform, uh, has uh, uh, produced volunteers to go to Ukraine, apparently at their own expense, to join the Ukrainians against the Russians. This is the bait put to you know, these people. Anyway, a Redditor, a person who uh, is a Reddit person, tells the terrifying reality of joining the Reddit Legion that vows to fight on behalf of Ukrainians moments before dying. Okay, so I guess this was his last Reddit, or last tweet. Hundreds of members of the quote-unquote Volunteers for Ukraine subreddit who joined the Reddit Legion to defend the former Soviet Republic after President Zelensky extended an open invocation, invitation were shelled and shot after the Kremlin warned they would be treated as mercenaries and war criminals. So, uh, welcome to Ukraine. Welcome, Redditors. Okay, wow. An unidentified Ukraine volunteer and self-proclaimed legionnaire posts his account of joining the war in Ukraine along with images only seconds before being apprehended and killed by Russian armed forces. The Volunteers for Ukraine subreddit is brimming with accounts of people who have made the decision to travel to Ukraine, procure weapons, and engage in combat with Russian forces. Wow. Talk about uh, believing mass media and uh, siding with the wrong people. Okay, not that there's any right people in this case, but certainly it's a very ill-advised decision to go to Ukraine and fight for that Jew-controlled government. Unfortunately, the vast majority of those who have publicly stated their intention to kill Russian soldiers have been assassinated, particularly after disclosing vital information about the location of these Legion camps okay well yeah you shouldn't be tweeting your location and if you find out if they find out you're the one who did it oh boy these legions are primarily comprised of individuals from the united states canada the united kingdom and even australia who have no prior combat experience or firearms training can you believe it can you believe it so patriotic uh, fervor, <laughs> patriotic fervor uh, gone to their heads, okay, and uh, both Swamp Fox and Adolf Richter have uh, chimed in with uh, posts, I'll, I'll get to those momentarily, but folks, this is a really tragic story, and uh, anyway, here's a, uh, here's a, uh, an image, and actually a video, I'm not going to play that here, I'm not set up for it yet, quote, we were promised weapons, an emotional distraught American Redditor said in a video, but they are sending us into Kiev with nothing. Oh, well, how about that? Okay, stay away from Ukraine. Don't believe any of the stories you're hearing there. You have no idea what's going on. As it turns out, these so-called legionnaires are merely human shields for Ukrainian paramilitaries such as the Azov Battalion. Okay, so human shields, yeah, 
the, the Jews need more human shields, just like they do in Palestine. Quote, we were a, a part of the Georgian National Legion of the 102nd Division of the Ukrainian Territorial Defense, one volunteer said in a video. Heading, volunteers being treated as human shields. Our base got messed up. The base next to us got messed up. Americans and tons of British dead. They're not saying anything. They're counting our dead as their dead. They're trying to send us to Kiev with no weapons, no kits, no armor plates. And the people who are lucky enough to get weapons are only given one magazine with 10 rounds. My God, the average American uh, has more rounds than that. He revealed that there were also Canadians and Australians among the volunteers, and when they refused to go to Kiev, that the Ukrainian forces threatened to shoot them in the back if they deserted the operation. Well, hello. Okay, that's what you get for volunteering. But this is what happens whenever you volunteer for the Jews. Okay, you get shot in the back. Quote, me, this British guy, and another American hid in the back of an ambulance to get out. We got to the border and there was a whole other mess. He continued, they were cutting up passports and sending volunteers back to Kiev. Okay, just like the Soviet Union, remember? You, you can get in, but you can't get out. According to the volunteer, they were aided by a humanitarian organization that disguised them as a Red, Red Cross workers and escorted them out of the country, probably Russians. Quote, people need to stop coming here. It's a trap, and they're not letting you leave, he warned. Okay, and there's, there's several tweets here. Uh, I won't be, uh, they're kind of fuzzy, but uh, I'll just keep reading the article. Before they are sent into battle, some volunteers are sent into military recruitment and training camps. However, the majority of these camps have been identified and shelled as a result of information shared by Ukrainian officials and foreign volunteers via social media and Reddit posts. So, welcome to Ukraine. You are a human target. Australians, Canadians, Americans among the dead. Another Legion volunteer created a thread on our volunteer for Ukraine subreddit where he shared a picture of his camp to prove that he was actually fighting Russians in Ukraine. Sadly, his camp was also targeted and bombed by Russian forces. Yeah, why don't you broadcast where you're at? I was blown off the top bunk of my bed when the missile hit the cabin next to me, the user wrote, adding, quote, the base is destroyed. The weapons depot is destroyed. Possibly the end of the Legion. Well, they'll just make another one up. Zelensky is just going to make another one up, invite more uh, patsies to go over there. He continued, it's clear that going to Kiev with the Legion is a death sentence. Or this is Kiev, I'm not sure if it's Kiev or Kiev. Is a death sentence. A medic died the day after he got to the front. Another volunteer tried shooting an AK at an APC and was killed immediately. A 10-man volunteer team was nearly wiped out. Eight dead and two crawled away. Your body will not be retrieved from the front lines either. 60 people with their heads on straight, including me, left after the attack. They are sending untrained foreign volunteers to the front with little ammo and uh, S8 and, uh, and other stuff. They're getting killed. 
The user claimed that the Ukrainian forces, as well as the paramilitaries and other legions, are in shambles and warned people that stay home or to stay home because the situation was absolute insanity. Propaganda is the next heading. There has been a lot of false information spreading about the conflict that has many to believe that the Ukrainians are winning the fight. No, the Ukrainians, uh, as we reported very early on, are actually killing their own people and blaming the Russians. This whole thing is being staged by the international Jew, just like our American Civil War, to just kill white people and create sympathy for Zelensky and Zelensky's, uh, you know, what's the, uh, government, okay? Staged photos of Ukrainian models and beauty queens picking up arms for their country has fooled many men with no combat experience into thinking that they could fight in a real war and maybe meet one of those models. Lieutenant Colonel Adam Kinzinger, a pilot for the Air National Guard, called the Russian military a paper tiger, which is a Chinese term that refers to something or someone that claims or appears to be powerful or threatening, but is actually ineffectual and unable to withstand a challenge. Of course, we Americans are familiar with that terminology. There have also been false but inspiration stories of Ukraine villages, or vigilantes rather, defeating Russian forces. One such story is the Ghost of Kiev, which was actually reported to be factual by the mainstream media. The Ghost of Kiev was alleged to be an anonymous Ukrainian fighter pilot who single-handedly took down 10 Russian warplanes. The myth, or rather the propaganda, of the Ghost of Kiev also inspired another purely fictional story about yet another Ukrainian vigilante known as the Reaper of Kiev who killed over 100 Russian soldiers in one day by himself. Okay, uh, no Audie Murphy. All these stories and the false and misleading information that Ukrainian forces are somehow winning the battle have instilled a false sense of security in foreign volunteers. Again, I'm utterly mystified by Biden's attitude and the U.S. Congress uh, refuse, refusal to get involved. I guess it's they... They're funding NATO, so let NATO deal with the problem. NATO is the ones that wanted this anyway, okay? But uh, it's working to cover up. It's a tremendous cover for the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden scandal of, uh, you know, the the corruption in Ukraine, the Hunter Biden uh, tapes, videos of him having sex with various prostitutes in China and Ukraine and, and elsewhere. The mass media has not covered any of this stuff, so they have to make up other stories in order to prevent the American people from realizing what's really going on in this world. Question, is Zelensky to blame? Many are pointing the fingers at Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, who, by the way, he's Jewish, for not only arming his own citizens, even boys as young as 12 years old, but asking citizens of other countries to join a war that has absolutely nothing to do with them. But, of course, there's uh, uh, people who think they're they're do-gooders, and uh, they think they can just... uh, run to another country, be given a weapon, and fight. They really believe that, okay? Quote, this should be condemned by every nation on earth. Zelensky should be fully aware that non-citizens who are armed and fighting in a foreign conflict are considered mercenaries and therefore do not receive the protections of the Geneva Convention, unquote, 
one critic stated. Okay, so uh, anybody out there thinking of doing this? <laughs> of running off to Ukraine and defending Zelensky and the Kabat Lubavitchers and the Rothschilds? Uh, really? Mercenaries are not entitled to the status of combatant, prisoner of war, or any of the categories of protected persons provided for by the Geneva Convention. Okay, well, I mean, a, a true mercenary is, mercenary is paid, right? These people are not being paid except with grief and death and injury. The Kremlin warned that any mercenaries fighting Russians in Ukraine would be treated as terrorists and killed without mercy. According to Zelensky, there are currently 16,000 foreign volunteers, including retired veterans, currently fighting on behalf of foreign legions in Ukraine today. Amazing. Absolutely amazing, folks that this kind of stuff is going on and mainstream media is not reporting the facts about it. Okay, so let me go in back into the chat room because there's a couple of interesting <laughs> uh, stories here. Uh, I'll get uh, to the St. Patrick's Day drove out the pagans, uh, not the snakes, in a bit because uh, we're just on the tail end of St. Patrick's Day. The the Irish never stop celebrating in Chicago, so uh, it's an appropriate story even for this weekend. Okay, so uh, Swamp Fox, the Southfront.org, war in Ukraine. What's going on? War in Ukraine, day twenty three. Russian forces on track to achieve strategic goals. Now, we have reported that the strategic goals are, number one, to take out the bioweapons labs that have been constructed there and other hospitals and uh, more or less civilian installations that have been converted into bioweapons labs by Ukraine and by NATO. Uh, since the so-called detente, you know, the end of the Soviet Union, when Gorbachev uh, asked NATO not to put any military installations on the Russian border. Well, Ukraine, as far as I understand, is not a part of NATO. So technically, NATO is not in violation of that, of that agreement. But Ukraine is obviously on the side of NATO and the side of the Jewish-controlled West, so there's no way that Russia could consider them be as friendlies. No way. On March 18th, the joint forces of the Russian Federation and the LDPR achieved some tactical results in strategically important areas. Fierce street fighting continues in the city of Mariupol. The DPR forces continue to advance, reporting significant successes in the Levo-Berezhny district. The local district administration is now under the DPR control. Mariupol Airport, located on the western outskirts of the city, came under the control of the DPR. So I, I, I'm assuming DPR is the, uh, the Russian forces. Don't know what the DPR stands for. The clashes reached the Azovstal plant where the nationalist battalions established significant fortifications. The industrial area of Azovstal currently remains one of the last real strongholds of Kiev's forces in Mariupol. Massive airstrikes hit the plant today. So uh, the, the nationalist battalion, I assume, are Russians. Uh, 
not uh, not a lot of clarity in the narrative here, but I'll continue. The Russian Ministry of Defense confirms that a lot of Ukrainian fighters are trying to leave the city disguised as civilians. Oh no! So uh, Americans and Australians come in uh, disguised as mercenaries to take the place of Ukrainians leaving disguised as civilians. How about that? Over the past two days, over 200 militants dressed in civilian clothes have deserted the city through humanitarian corridors, corridors towards Zaporozhye. Some of them managed to escape in small groups towards Zaporozhye. Quote, 93 of them have been liquidated overnight. The locations of the rest have been established by the bearing of radio conversations. The issue of their destruction is a matter of a short time, said the head of the National Defense Control Center of the Russian Federation, Colonel General Mikhail Mizintsev. Okay, in this age of cell phones and instant communication and tracking, the last thing you should do is turn on your cell phone <laughs> in the middle of a firefight. They will hone in on you. It's like turning on your stereo, your boombox, in the middle of a downtime of a war. You might as well just turn on your boombox. Those who remained in Mariupol are waiting for help from the Ukrainian troops deployed in the Donbass front lines. However, the current military developments to the north of Mariupol made any counteroffenses by the AFU impossible. The official response from Kiev to nationalist fighters in Mariupol was negative. In its turn, on March 18th, the Russian military officials claimed their readiness to release nationalists from Mariupol to save the city and civilians. Okay, so the humanitarian portals, I will refer to them, are being set up by the Russians to allow, apparently, pro-Russian civilians to escape out of Ukraine? That's what I'm assuming, because we're not hearing any of this from mainstream media at all. So there are reports of humanitarian corridors, but they're not saying who's being allowed in and to what countries they're going. You know, this is a t typical type of reporting we're getting from mainstream. They'll give you inc inconsistent or unclear factoids rather than a total story. Okay, and we know that there are actually movie cameras and entire Hollywood productions in place in Ukraine, put, put up there by the Ukrainian government to uh, fictionalize the war, okay? To whatever extent it needs to be fictionalized, okay? Anyway, this is crazy stuff, folks. In its turn, on March 18th, the Russian military officials claimed their readiness to release nationalists from the Mariupol to save the city and civilians. The claim was also made by the head of the National Defense Control Center of the Russian Federation, Colonel General Mikhail Mizintsev. Okay, uh, I guess it's a virtually saying the same thing of the quote I just had. Quote, we have officially appealed to the Kiev authorities and two days ago told them we are ready to open humanitarian corridors and release all the bandits. Yes, and we have reported that uh, Zelensky has armed gangs, street gangs, who have been indiscriminately killing people, in, including each other and civilians, and taking control of bombed out buildings which are essentially rat traps for bandits, and uh, you're taking your life in your hands try, uh, trying to 
deal with these people. Stay away. Absolutely stay away. This is no place for a civilian. And uh, release all the bandits in any direction in order to save the city and people from these so-called martyrs who have already glorified themselves with the explosions of a kindergarten, two schools, a maternity hospital, and a drama theater building, he said. Okay, so whatever is happening, uh, and I'm sure to the extent that the Russians are admitting have gone in and attacked these uh, particular targets, trying to avoid civilian targets, could it be that Zelensky and the global Zionist establishment have armed these bandits to attack Ukrainian civilians and blame it on the Russians? Is that what we're really seeing going on here? It could be, because I, I, I do not believe one word of mass media. Anyway, let's continue. We have officially peeled... Oh, yeah, I just read this, sorry. According to Mitzintsev, the Russian side received a refusal from Kiev officials. Nationalist battalions are also a great threat for the current administration in Kiev because there is no surprise that there is no progress in negotiation process between Moscow and Kiev until the city of Mariupol, where the main Ukrainian nationalist forces were blockaded, is mopped up. Okay, so there's a... Let's put it this way. It looks like what's going on is civilians are being caught in the crossfire. Uh, And a lot of this crossfire is actually staged by uh, Zelensky, NATO, and uh, pro-NATO forces, okay, including the gangs that have been roaming around in, in the cities and executing people, including civilians and other gangs, right? So Zelensky actually armed these people. <laughs> this is an absolutely, this is like a scene from a horror fiction, horror science fiction movie. After the securing of the suburbs of the city by the joint DPR and Russian forces, the mass evacuation of civilians continues without any support from Kiev. Local residents confirm that Ukrainian nationalists opened fire upon civilians. They also report that English-speaking specialists were correcting the fire of Ukrainian militants from the residential areas of the city. Wow. What language (laughs) should these operations be conducted in anyway? The units of the People's Militia of the LPR continue the offensive in the eastern outskirts of Severodonetsk and they have advanced another two kilometers. The village of Rubezhnoya is under the control of the LPR. Clashes continue on the southern outskirts. Okay, so there's a huge disparity. Just a couple more paragraphs here. Huge disparity between what we're being presented on television and what people on the ground reports direct from either Russian forces or neutral forces. Uh, Russian uh, journalists or neutral journalists compared with the Jewish press. Continuing, after the recent capture of the village of Papaznaya by the forces of the LPR, they have not been able to push the enemy further from the village for several days. Clashes around Papaznaya continue. In the southern direction of Donbass front lines, the armed forces of the Russian Federation continue their offensive and advance six kilometers more during the day. They reach the settlements of Novokrania Shakterskoya 
In the area north of Uglanar, Russian troops took control over the village of Zolotaya Neva and secured most of the Uglanar Velikaya Novoskela road. The front is shifting in the direction of Marinka Kurakovo. The AFU reportedly left the city of Uglanar, but the entry of Russian forces into the city was also not reported. They are moving further in the northern direction, continuing the encirclement of the Ukrainian grouping in the Donbass region. And this is another factor that's not being reported by the Jewish press, is that the Ukrainians have been bombing uh, the parts of former Ukraine that were handed over to Russia because the citizens there considered themselves to be Russians, not Ukrainians, okay? And they have been uh, you know, harassing those Russian citizens ever since 2014 when this Jew-supported regime took over. Okay, again, this is something that's not being reported in mainstream press. Absolutely not reported. Okay, and I'm going to click on Adolf's link and see where, where this takes us. Russian intel, some clarity in the fog of war. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of smoke. There's a lot of smoke. Okay, it's a mess and it's a trap. This guy sounds absolutely genuine. Listen and understand what is going on. I think this is the same guy who we reported earlier uh, was the civilian who went over to Ukraine and was used as a human shield. Quote, world's best sniper. To publicly announce his arrival in multiple newspapers, have his name and picture revealed and disclose where he'll be deployed? I know he's a lib, but no no one is that retarded, particularly a good sniper. Right? Is this whole thing made up? Is this person for real? Is any of this true? Let's let's see. For those that don't know the backstory, yes, this is the same person we reported upon at the beginning of the show. So let's get the backdrop of this person who we reported was killed. Let's see what the story is here. For those that don't know the backstory, March 9th announces he arrived to Ukraine from Canada. And this is from uh, Daily Mail. Their uh, link, Canadian sniper arrives, Ukraine answering President Zelensky's call for foreign fighters. March 14th, I won't hesitate. Canadian sniper in Ukraine ready to pull trigger. Now today we hear he was killed within 20 minutes. Think. Russia is being framed daily by violent acts against non-military targets. Common sense tells us that Russia doesn't want to target civilians. After all, what military benefit is hitting civilians? It provides the PR for the enemy, enrages citizens, and it doesn't have any military value whatsoever. Think before you attribute any validity to the MSM story demonizing the Russian soldiers. Again, this is not in the interest of the Russians. And so far, I would say our reporting here at Eurofolk Radio has been pretty close to the truth, but it's really hard to get at because we know that there are other targets inland in Ukraine that are not bordering Russia, but they are, I would assume they're also strategic. And uh, my, my feeling is that, yes, the Russians are trying to avoid civilian targets, but Ukraine... And it's pro 
It's Khazar, well, let's put it this way. It's Khazarian regime doesn't give a damn about civilians. So they will execute, as they did in 2014, they will execute civilians and blame it on somebody else. That's what they did in 2014. On the Russian side, everyone is a military professional. No one is drafted. They are doing a professional job of destroying military targets. Putin himself thanked volunteers showing up to go, but he told them they were not needed. Okay, I guess that's on the Russian side. This is the real world. Ukraine is royally messed up, and their war is based on fantasy with a fantasy president. Yep. It's, uh, the script is written in Hollywood, folks. Think further. Who benefits if citizens are used as human shields? The Jews in Palestine. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It says Ukraine. In the age of information, ignorance is a choice. And ignorance is still bliss, folks. <laughs> Play stupid games and win stupid prizes. Quote, Ukraine is a done deal. It's flattened and they lost. Steve Harrigan from Fox News upon return from Ukraine. Well, who? I mean, who lost? Uh, be more specific. I mean, this guy is a reporter? Wow. Okay, let's continue with the article. I mean, it, it just proves that there's no real journalists coming out of the colleges anymore. I mean, wow. Okay. B-R-R-U-U-A, a video of a Brazilian mercenary in Ukraine was filmed in a car heading for Poland. Quote, I don't know what to say. Special forces from all over the world, from France, from all over Europe, from South Korea, Chile, America, Canada. Guys, the whole world is there. There are special forces from all over the world. And then very simply, all I know is that they are all dead. They are all destroyed. You just can't understand one thing. How the plane shoots missiles at you. You can't understand. It's all over. It's all over. The whole part is destroyed. Okay, maybe that's what the headline by the journalist is talking about. But the headline should give some indication of whose side he's talking about. Quote, fake visit by Zelensky to hospital. Zelensky published a video in which he allegedly visited a hospital with wounded soldiers of the armed forces of Ukraine today. But on the footage, a physician, Inna Derosova, was seen, who died on February 26. Oh, apparently, she was not a crisis actor. The death of the woman was confirmed by her relatives. Then Zelensky himself awarded her the title of Hero of Ukraine posthumously. It turns out that the published video of the meeting of the President of Ukraine with wounded soldiers on March 13 is a fake can you spell fake? J-E-W. The video was recorded back in February before the death of Ina Durasova. So, wow, Ukraine is a mess, folks. I do not pity the, the people of Ukraine for what's going on there now. The confusion has got to be utterly rampant. Who is shooting at us? Friendly fire? Quote, Biden is as good a man as God ever created. <laughs> Unquote. End quote. He needs to go after anybody and everybody who tries to prop up Putin. Unquote. Lindsey Graham, a, a supporter of Israel, if there ever was one. 
Quote from George Orwell. Quote, early in life, I have noticed that no event is ever correctly reported in a newspaper. But in Spain, for the first time, I saw newspaper reports which did not bear any relation to the facts, not even the relationship which is implied in an ordinary life. I saw great battles reported where there had been no fighting, and complete silence where hundreds of men had been killed. I saw troops who had fought bravely denounced as cowards and traitors, and others who had never seen a shot fired hailed as heroes of imaginary victories. And I saw newspapers in London retailing, or re, well, retailing, I guess is the word he uses, not retelling, retailing, these lies and eager intellectuals building emotional superstructures over events that never happened. I saw, in fact, history being written not in terms of what happened, but of what ought to have happened according to various party lines. So states George Orwell, homage to Catalonia. Okay, and the same thing happened in the Spanish-American War, where the newspapers were sending reporters to report on the fighting. There was none, so they simply made up stories, okay? I mean, this is ongoing, folks. The press is a prostitute. The press has always been a prostitute for the rich or for the establishment. Period. Russian orcs, whatever that means, officers of the Special Forces Unit of Russian Guard help a local resident. The guys give away their medicines and their rations. People have confusion on their faces. They were told by Ukrainian propaganda for eight years that orcs live in Russia. <laughs> then back to reality. What's an orc? An orca? <laughs> right? uh, a, a, a monster? What is an orc? <laughs> All right. This is incredible, folks. We live in an age where there are so many lies. You need a filter, and I mean a, a real serious thick filter to weed out the truth. Okay, and Zelensky closed his speech with an English language plea to President Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, you're going to get help from him. Quote, I am addressing President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, your nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think anybody in the world wants that. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace, unquote. Well, has a, has a Zionist ever led to peace? White House Press Secretary John, Jen Psaki has said the Biden administration opposes a no-fly zone or helping Ukraine acquire more fighter jets from neighboring nations. So, it appears to me, uh, I falsely reported this at the beginning uh, when I thought this, all this stuff was fake to begin with, that this would be another Cold War. But apparently it has turned hot. But I never imagined that the Ukrainian military and Ukrainian mercenaries would be killing their own people. I never thought that would happen. But this is the gist of these last two articles we have read. Let's continue. Quote, I would note that the Pentagon said that adding aircraft to the Ukrainian inventory is not likely to significantly change the effectiveness of the Ukrainian Air Force relative to Russian capabilities, Pasaki said. <laughs> and the assessment was that the transfer of these planes may be mistakenly and, uh, mistaken as escalatory 
as we said, and could result in a significant Russian reaction, but that is the risk assessment that was done. That risk assessment hasn't changed, unquote. So what in the world is the objective of the cabal in Ukraine? Is it simply mass propaganda to turn the world against Russia, to turn and turn the world into more, quote, pro-democracy fanatics, thinking that instead of Hitler, Putin is now trying to destroy democracy in your country? Is that what's going on here? Putin explains the military situation and why Ukraine might lose its future. Putin spoke at length with a group of Russian flight attendants. In this exchange, Putin spells out in quite some details what Russia is doing and why she is doing it. The entire thing is worth reading if you would like to understand Putin and his reasoning. And there's a link here, which I'll see uh, see if I can share this online later. But here are some excerpts. Denazification. Now, I'm I'm still, I'm thinking that Putin is using this term, terminology, tongue-in-cheek, because there's obviously no real Nazis there. And a pro-Jewish, now, but the Jews will also always need Nazis around to scare the living daylights out of other Jews and other people, right? I mean, that's all they use the word Nazi for. So he says, denazification. What does this mean? I have spoken with my Western colleagues about this. They say, what is the problem? You also have the radical nationalists. Yes, we do but we do not have them in the government. (laughs) Well, if you're a Zionist, you're a radical nationalist, a Jewish Nazi. But everybody agrees that they, the Ukrainians, do. Okay, they have radicals in their government. But are they Nazis or Zionists? Come on! Perhaps we have some idiots running around with swastikas. (laughs) No, those are crisis actors. But we do support that at the government. But do we support that at the government level? Do thousands of people march with torches and swastikas on the streets of our capital or other cities in Russia like it happened in the 1930s in Nazi Germany or in, uh, what was it, Maidan in 2014? It was all staged. When are people going to catch on to these staged events? But there's no way Putin doesn't know this, that this is being staged by the Ukrainians. He's playing along. There's no doubt he's playing along here. But it happens in Ukraine, and it is supported. Do we support those who killed the Russians, Jews, or the Poles during the war? Do we hail them as heroes? But in Ukraine, they do. Yeah, well, people don't realize that the so-called Nazis in Ukraine are being supported by Zelensky. They don't realize that. They, they assume that there's this, uh, an underground upswelling of neo-Nazis. There's nothing, there's nothing like that happening. It would be suicide <laughs> to do that. If there is a Nazi movement in Ukraine, it is very low-key. I guarantee you that, because they, they are targets. The current events are also very important. Look, the foreign citizens have been taken hostages in Sumy and Kharkov, over 6,000 young people, students. They have been driven together into a railway station and kept there for three days. 
Listen, they have been held there for the third day. We have told everybody about this and informed the current Ukrainian authorities. They said, quote, Yes, yes, of course, we will deal with this right now, unquote. We have informed the leaders of the major European countries. I personally talked to them. Yes, yes, we will put pressure on Ukraine right now, unquote. Well, we informed the UN Secretary General, and he said, Yes, yes, we will solve the problem right away, unquote. Nobody is doing anything, okay? Well, they're waiting to sacrifice those children and blame it on Russia. Isn't that what's going on? Isn't that... Okay, so that Orwell quote is very befitting the situation we see in Ukraine today. Folks, this is absurdistan. <laughs> this is absurdistan. And we're not going to get any clarity uh, beyond what we see from uh, people on the ground who are sympathetic with white nationalism, right? It's very, very unlikely that we'll get any truth from any other source, okay? So, right, so, uh, and uh, as uh, as we were reading from this morning's Genesis to Revelation, uh, the book of Deuteronomy says, when you go into a country to make war with it, don't cut down the fruit trees, because they will provide food for you later on, but you can cut down other trees, like for lumber, lumber trees, etc., and so Putin has even stressed to generals to keep tanks out of the farmland as not to hamper the wheat crop. So, and, and he says, I'm sure Barney Frank keeps Lindsey Graham well entertained and, and well paid with numerous trips to Israel, okay? Right, and it's definitely happening. Now, okay, is what's happening there a prelude this is a dreaded thought, but since I thought it, I'll express it. Are they planning to do similar style fake war in America and blaming it on you-know-who? White nationalists here in America? Do you think they would dare to do that here? Are they just practicing this in Ukraine? Just a thought, folks. Be ready for anything. Okay, so, wow. Wow, what a story. What an absolutely crazy story. All right, so that's going to take me to Intel Warriors. Let's see. Okay, I'm sorry, that was the, uh, that was the uh, site I was just reading from. It's a very long article, so I'm not going to continue. I think we get the situation. This is a sit rep. <laughs> and situation normal all fouled up. Snafu. That was a term invented by American soldiers in uh, who were uh, led by Dwight D. Eisenstein. Unbelievable, folks. Absolutely unbelievable. Okay, what's going on? And wow. Can't, can't believe that people are falling for all of this fake news everywhere. But since that's all they know, they will never get at the truth. So thank you, Swamp Fox, and everybody else in the chat room for sharing this information that really, for me, shed a lot of light on the situation that uh, it's, a, it's a fake war. Uh, obviously, uh, Russia has invaded and they have uh, specific targets, and apparently they are winning this. And uh, there is, but what next? 
what's going to happen next. Will the Jews use this as a start for World War III? Which I've always been stating, they don't want World War III. They don't want to destroy the infrastructure that they hope to procure for themselves. What, but what they would like is, and as far as America goes, I really think they're willing to sacrifice America totally. They destroy every city because they still have the rest of the world. They control the rest of the world, with the possible exception of Russia, China, and Iran. Even though they created the Soviet Union and they created communist China, they, they really... They really have no, uh, don't feel threatened by those countries. The only force by which the Khazarian Mafia, i.e. the Zionists, feel threatened is the American Second Amendment movement, the true Americans, the American patriots. These are the only people that really concern the international Jew. We're the ones they're worried about. We're the ones that they are trying to brainwash and get to drop our weapons. What? George Washington's prophecy will come true in the third phase of his prophecy after seeing the angel told him that that we Americans would win the Revolutionary War, there would be a civil war, and a third war would be fought on the streets of all the American cities against some invading force. Okay? This is what the Rothschilds have in mind. Are they practicing for for civil war here in America? by sending quote-unquote Nazis out into the streets and getting American citizens to shoot quote-unquote Nazis when the real danger is Zionists dressed as Nazis, uh, Antifa and Zionists dressed as Nazis. Well, be prepared for anything. This is uh, They're trying to impose a an otherworldly reality upon us before they shut us down. And so I'm fully expecting the Zionists to instigate a war here in America. But they're going to use deception. There's no doubt they're going to use deception. And they would prefer to have another Civil War-style conflict where left-wing Americans are fighting right-wing Americans. That's what they would prefer. However, they're not going to get that because the left... Is so. I mean, the left is like these volunteers that went to Ukraine. They're utterly incompetent for battle. Utterly incompetent. They're a bunch of uh, uh, know-nothing college students who've been brainwashed with communist propaganda. That's all they are. We have nothing to fear from them. Not, at least not in terms of you know direct combat. You know, stab you in the back. You know, sucker punch you. Yeah, for sure. But not in one one to one engagement, you know, patriot versus leftist, they don't have a chance. So what the, you know, what are they trying to do? do? Do the Rothschilds really think they can get away with something like this, and stage a phony war, using crisis actors as they've been practicing this for a long time now, folks, using crisis actors, and scaring the hell out of people on the television set. Oh, there's a war going on. You're going to have to volunteer and fight against these neo Nazis, right? Do they hope to accomplish that here in America? It could be. It could be. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past them. Okay, so, wow, wow. Well, as I said, be ready for anything because the Jews are capable of anything. We are seriously in a bizarro world. Iron Curtain over America. Yeah, that's. Uh, they've been trying to establish that 
since, uh, well, since uh, 1917, and even before, because America had an influx of Jewish communists in the 1890s already, uh, Jews fleeing Russia, coming to America and establishing communist movements here. This is what we're dealing with. They haven't changed their tactics and they haven't changed their loyalties. Their loyalties are to Zionism and communism. Okay. All right. So let me take a quick break here and uh, let's see. We'll see if, uh, if we have, uh, actually, sorry. Uh, I'm just going to take a quick sip of my water because I wanted to switch gears here and talk about the vaccination situation. This is from Market Watch and it's entitled Dubbed Deltacron. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. There's something obscuring the top line here. Fully vaccinated. Oh, here we go. Fully vaccinated will need fourth dose later this year. A new variant dubbed Deltacron. When is Zetacron going to come around? Detected in Europe. Okay, so as we've been warning, there's never going to be any end to this. Those people who thought that one shot will do the job were misinformed. Then they said, well, you're going to have to get a, a, a backup, a second dose, and then you'll be immune. No, no, they needed a third dose, and they're still not immune. Now a fourth dose. Last updated today, March 19, 2020. China by Clara Linane. China has continued to lock down regions with high case numbers as Omicron spreads fast. Of course, this is fake news. There is no variant called Omicron. It's just more fake news. It's just more uh, fear tactics. The article continues. Fully vaccinated people will need a fourth shot later in 2022, according to the head of Pfizer, Incorporated who said that COVID-19 is not going to go just go away in the coming years. No, because why? Because it's part of the plan to destroy the white race. And they're not going to give up. And as long as people are willing to sacrifice themselves. Let's face it, folks. This is World War Three, And as I have said, the weapon of choice is the hypodermic needle. Now, in Ukraine, they have branched it off, and so they're getting people to volunteer to commit suicide by joining the Ukrainian army, which really, I guess, does not even exist, and the Ukrainian army is sacrificing them. So it's more sacrifice, human sacrifice. That's what's going on. Albert Bourla told CBS News anchor Margaret Brennan, quote, on Face the Nation, that people are going to have to learn to live with the virus. Well, yeah, that's what mainstream media has been telling us, right? There is no virus. <laughs> I'm not believing you if for a minute. The protection that you are getting from the third, is, it, it is good enough, actually quite good for hospitalizations and deaths, he said, according to CBS News script. <laughs> it says transcript, but script, quote, 
it's not that good against infections, but doesn't last very long, unquote. So therefore, you must get more. So, and what, what about that fourth? Is it going to need a fifth? Of course, it's going to need a fifth. Uh, that, that zeta, that zeta-cron, you know, Z being the last letter of the alphabet, is coming, folks. But who knows when? <laughs> after, after the population is reduced by 6.5 billion, uh, as billion rather, as Bill Gates predicted needs to happen? Can he really get that many volunteers? What is the actual level of death increase since all this nonsense started in March of 2021? Has anybody actually studied that? And see, I'll bet the population has still increased. So they haven't begun to make an impact on world population. However, Bill Gates did not put a time limit on this depopulation agenda. The easiest way to accomplish it, however, is to enslave all of us. And the more we are enslaved, the more easily we are to kill. It reminds me of that movie by George Lucas before he be, you know, he's the creator of uh, the Star Wars movies. He did a movie called THX 113, I believe was the title. And th these strange happenings recently have reminded me of that movie, which was a decent movie. It was a bit hard to take because. It was actually one of the last movies I actually went to a theater to, to watch. Uh, it was hard to take because everything was white. The prisoners were wearing white. The doctors were wearing white. The walls were white. And it's kind of like a white blur. A whiteout, as it were. But uh, as I remember the premise, which was hard to really fathom from the movie as well, uh, maybe... Uh, mimicking the confusion we have today that medicine is being used to enslave people. Okay? That was the premise. And the people who are trying to be free were trying to get out of the hospital or trying to get out of the insane asylum, etc., etc. Okay? Of course, uh, a common theme for science fiction movies. It was a science fiction movie. But the way it was presented with the... Uh, pure white background it made it really difficult to to watch the movie and for that reason I didn't like it which actually detracted from the plot of the movie okay so he, he learned <laughs> he learned before he started going to the Star Wars you know where it was everything was colorful and blah 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 okay so he learned from that it was, it was an avant-garde attempt on his part anyway but if that's the true plot of the movie which I, I'll have to look that up and see if that was the plot because, like I said, it was, it was so hard to watch that I almost didn't care what the plot was. Uh, but I did, uh, you know, there's a, a prisoner who is spending his whole time of the movie trying to get out, trying to escape from this medical dictatorship. So, is that our future? Prisoners of a medical dictatorship? Where people volunteer to be slaves? To be prisoners? Borla said he expects a COVID booster to become an annual occurrence. You ready? Much like the flu shot. 
It added that Pfizer is working on a vaccine that offers even better protection. Yeah, really. <laughs> you believe that? Pfizer is currently working to make a vaccine that will protect against all variants, except the ones that are variant, including Omicron, but also something that can protect for at least a year. Well, they said that about the other flu shots, and they never were able to protect against the variant, <laughs> the recent variant. There's no way they can know what the variants are going to be, or do they, <laughs> right? Well, they know what they, they pretend the variant to be, okay? But there's no way they're actually going to give us any protection from anything because, because according to Bill Gates and the rest of the eugenicists in the world, including the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds, they want to reduce the population. They don't want to save anybody except, of course, themselves and a, a cadre of obedient slaves, and if we be able to achieve that, he says, okay, if, if we can develop a variant shot that will last a year, then we can sell that shot year after year after year, okay? It's an ongoing trip to the insane asylum or to the morgue. The World Health Organization confirmed the variant has been found in small numbers in France. Yeah, two or three. The Netherlands and Denmark, as WebMD reported. This this is all fake news, fuck. There's not a word of truth in any of this. This is Market Watch. Market Watch. Fully vaccinated will need fourth dose later this year. This is all fiction, folks. It's pure fiction, just like George Orwell reported from Spain. There's not a word of truth, just like the Spanish American War. The news was all fake. And, uh, what was it, uh, Theodore Roosevelt became a great national hero charging up that hill against no resistance, <laughs> right? It's incredible. The world has become an absolute science fiction fantasy horror flick. That's what the world has become. So how about a little more fake news from this uh, fake epidemic article? The new COVID variant that is being called Deltacron, for now as it combines elements of the Delta and Omicron variants, well, if they do combine that, it's because somebody did it in a lab, has been detected in several European countries, but it's too early to say whether it's more transmissible or more lethal than the other ones. Can you believe this line of BS <laughs> coming from MarketWatch? Of course, this is mainstream media. The World Health Organization confirmed the variant has been found in small numbers. Of, oh, sorry, I just read that. We have, but it needs to be repeated to scare the hell out of people. We have not seen any change in the epidemiology with this recombinant. Then how do you know it's a recombinant? We haven't seen any change in severity, but there are many studies that are underway. <laughs> there's always studies underway, but there's never any proof. World Health Organization COVID-19 technical lead Maria von Kirchhoff. Oh, she is she related to Kudenhoff? 
Kunhom Kalergi said at a news conference. Okay, next puppet to the microphone. The new variant is expected to spread, however, she added, cautioning again that, quote, the pandemic is far from over, unquote, certainly not on your television set. Bullet points. Other COVID-19 news you should know about. China banned most people from leaving a coronavirus hit. Oh, northeastern province. The words are running together here. A coronavirus hit northeastern province and mobilized military reservists Monday as the fast-spreading health Omic- uh, stealth Omicron variant fuels the country's biggest outbreak since the start of the pandemic two years ago. Well, they have an overpopulation problem in China, that's for sure. They need to reduce that. The Associated Press reported, The National Health Commission reported 1,337 locally transmitted cases in the latest 24-hour period, including 895 in the industrial province of Jilin. Hundreds of cases were reported in other provinces and cities along China's eastern coast and inland as well. Beijing, which had six news cases, and Shanghai, with 41 locked-down residential and office buildings where infected people had been found, okay? Is a wor- any word of this bullet point actually true? Has any of this actually happened, folks? I highly doubt it. But certainly, the Chinese government would have to make examples of a few individuals and list a few deaths and maybe sacrifice a few people to make a good story. You know, to ha- maybe even stage, you know, it's interesting in China, they haven't sacrificed any notable personalities, recently anyway. Not recently. The The only real opposition, the, the current communist Chinese, that's the, uh, <laughs> a recombinant uh, of communism and capitalism, where they allow enterprise zones, where individual Chinamen can become millionaires and billionaires, running corporations for the government, okay? But these guys become greedy, or they actually become capitalists. (laughs) They say, hey, I want to be free. I want to become a Christian, or I want to become a Buddhist. I don't want to be, uh, you know, put upon by these communists. These communists are evil. So a lot of these millionaires pack up, you know, their their savings uh, in their individual bank or hidden bank accounts in Switzerland, escape to America, and hide out. That's what they do, okay, or to other countries. But they hear America is the land of the free, so most of them come here. And then the Chinese government gets angry with them and and pursues them and tries to execute them, right? Because they need people like that to run their corporations, which are failing. They're tremendous failures. But it's all for, it's a means to control their people, uh, workism, workaholism is really what communism has become. They need to control people by putting them to work, you know, which is, yeah, but under scriptural law, you know, work is, well, work is the punishment that Yahweh gave to the white race for the sin committed in the garden. Okay, we will work by the sweat of our brows, but we'll also prosper through our work. These people are simply exploiting. They're, they're doing make work to exploit the people. Otherwise, 
you know, they, they really have no purpose. Uh, they, they have to keep the population either satisfied by make work or eliminate them with COVID. That's probably all that's happening in China right now and all this other stuff that this market watch is reporting is pure fakitude. A couple more items here. Apple Incorporated, and uh, whenever they list a corporation in this article, they give their <laughs> their stock portfolio, whether they're going up or down. Component supplier Foxconn Technology Company will temporarily shut down its operations in Shenzhen, China, amid a surge in COVID-19 cases. Actually, probably that company is simply failing, and so they have to make up an excuse. Market Watch's Mike Murphy reported in a statement Sunday night. Does Mur- does Mike Murphy even exist? In a statement Sunday night, Taiwan-based Foxconn, also known as Hanhai Precision Industry Company, <laughs> said it was suspending production at two campuses in Shenzhen and reallocating production to other sites. In other words, they're going out of business. Shenzhen, the the their capitalist. Minded managers have fled. Shenzhen, a tech hub near Hong Kong, was put under lockdown earlier Sunday following a surge of new COVID cases, they say, they claim. And I have to read this one about Obama here. Former U.S. President Barack Obama disclosed Sunday that he has tested positive for COVID, but said he feels fine and his wife, uh, his trans wife, Michelle, tested negative, the AP reported. Quote, I've had a scratchy throat for a couple of days, but I'm feeling fine otherwise. otherwise, Just smoke some more crack. That'll take care of your scratchy throat. Obama said on Twitter, Michelle and I are grateful to be vaccinated and boosted. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. These politicians are nothing but actors on a stage. Amazing what we're having to live through these days, folks. Absolutely amazing. Okay, I'm not a a cynic. I'm not a cynic. I just know that all these stories are fake. (laughs) Oh, moron. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay, so who is this quote from? Benjamin Netanyahu apparently has said, If we get caught, they will just replace us with persons of the same cloth. So it does not matter what you do. America is a golden calf, and we will suck it dry, chop it up, and sell it off piece by piece until there is nothing left but the world's biggest welfare state that we will create and control. Why? Because is it the will of God, he says. No, it's because the will of the perfidious Jew. And America is big enough to take the hit so we can do it again and again and again. And that's what's happening, folks. America is getting hit again and again and again. And it's amazing that we haven't been utterly destroyed yet. But thank you for Yahweh's protection and for the Second Amendment. (laughs) Those are the two reasons why we have not yet been destroyed. Because there are some real Christians still here. In America, and Yahweh is protecting us. This is what we do to countries that we hate. We destroy them very slowly and make them suffer for refusing to be our slaves, unquote. Uh, uh, Attributed to Benjamin Netanyahu, of course he would have spoken this in Yiddish, or that uh, pig Hebrew that they speak in Israel. 
and uh, other Jewish prime ministers of Israel have made similar similar uh, statements. Okay, so it's an uh, okay. So uh, Adolf has uh, put a link in about oligarchs and Jewish oligarchs controlling and Shabbat Lubavitchers controlling Ukraine. Uh, very relevant. Thanks for that link. I'll click on that. Army General reveals how Judeo-Masonic oligarchs, Shabbat Lubavitcher Jews, and the CIA gained control of Ukraine. Okay, so while they can trend total, total control of Ukraine in 2014, but they have always had their agents there ever since, you know, and, and of course the entire Soviet versus the West operation was staged. It was a staged event. The international Jew invented both communism and what we know as finance capitalism. And uh, it was just an attempt by dividing and conquering the entire world and pretending that there's a real war a la George Orwell, who predicted that these all these international wars would be staged. That that's what we're, and that's what the so-called Cold War really was. The Hot War was about that too. But what did the Jews do? They massacred 100 million white Christians. And we never hear about that anymore. A very revealing interview has been posted on BitChute conducted with an unnamed general in the Ukrainian army in Simferopol, Ukraine, March 7th, 2014. Okay, well, this takes us back to when all this began. The general sounds bitter and frustrated by what was happening in his country at the time in early 2014. The CIA slash Soros sponsored revolution of dignity <laughs> whenever, whenever a Jew uses the word dignity, expect the worst indignities. He wanted to get off his chest what he know what he knew was really going on behind the propaganda headlines and name names. Clearly, the general is part of the old guard Soviet system, so his comments about fascists and the ultra right should be seen in that context. It is very significant that the general specifically mentions that Viktor Pinchuk, one of the wealthiest Jewish oligarchs in Ukraine, also heads the Masonic Lodge in Ukraine. Pinchuk is married to the daughter of Leonid Kuchma, but it's going to be tough remembering these names because they're so much alike. Anyway, they sound alike to me. Anyway, Pinchuk and Kuchma, two different people here, Prime Minister of Ukraine from 1994 to 2005. Okay. This, let me repeat this. The general specifically mentions that Viktor Pinchuk one of the wealthiest Jewish oligarchs in Ukraine also has the Masonic Lodge in Ukraine. Pinchuk is married to the daughter of Leonid Kuchma, Prime Minister of Ukraine from 1994 to 2005. So you don't think the Jews had their, their, their mitts involved in Ukraine for the longest time? Ever since 1917. They have not relinquished control. The switch from the Soviet regime to the oligarchs just uh, repositioned the Jews in, uh, you know, from uh, communist, uh, what do you call it, commissars to oligarchs. That's all that happened. Clearly, the general is part of the old guard. It is very significant that the general specifically mentions that Viktor Pinchuk 
is also heads the Masonic Large. This general mentions that the corrupt ruling class of Jews in Ukraine include the Orthodox community, and we've seen this firsthand when we reported a story in 2020 about a cabal of rabbis running organized crime in a city outside Kiev. Now, if all of this is staged, then but there's not very a large community of Jews in Ukraine. And uh, the, the, those Jews could easily get out and, and move to Israel if necessary, or, or to some other you know Western country where they'd be uh, safe again, because those countries always protect Jews. But uh, maybe an occasional friendly fire will kill some of these people. It's bound to happen, but we'll see. So, the cabal of rabbis running organized crime in a city outside Kiev. Have we seen that here in America? A cabal of rabbis running organized crime? We have created a transcription here of his comments to make what he is saying more clear. Adding links explaining who the players are and some of the historical background. You can watch the video below following the transcription and I'll, I'll be sure to include. This is from Christians for Truth. Army General reveals how Judeo Masonic oligarchs, Kabad Lubavitch Jews, and the CIA control Ukraine. Full title of the article. I declare to those who will watch this information, Mr. Alexander Turchnyov, Mr. Arseny Yatsenyuk, and Mr. Ola Tahanabok, and others like them, I declare it openly, and I know it for a fact, that they are sponsored agents of the Central Intelligence Agency of the USA. But the CIA was con controlled and created by the international Jew, by the Zionists. There's absolutely no doubt about this. Moreover, Mr. Yatsenyuk is the first deputy head of a Masonic Lodge in Ukraine. And head of the Masonic Lodge, if somebody doesn't know, is Mr. Pinchuk, a brother-in-law of Mr. Kuchma. And all these lies that took place and all the commands, Mr. Viktor Yanukovych is just a puppet in the hands of Mr. Pinchuk, Kuchma and Leonid Kravchuk. They are the ones who said, who sold him. They are the ones who gave him commands not to, whether to put faith, special police force, uh, or forth, put forth special police force, Berkut, whether or not to put forth Berkut, whether to let them storm, whether or not, or not let them storm. And when in the end people were allowed to take up arms, they were just desperately betrayed. Primarily, this is the work of Mr. Kravchuk and Mr. Kuchma. This is their work, okay, Freemasons and Jews, because unknown to most that Mr. Kuchma, after the so-called victory of the Orange Revolution, wasn't touched, thanks to Mr. Pinchuk. The Americans returned the money to him, Kuchma, that is, they withdrew the seizure of his accounts, and now he lives a peaceful life, right? So, he played along, and uh, the, the CIA pretended that he, his money was confiscated, but they gave it back to him. And the fact that after they sold Mr. Yanukovych, I'm not saying that he's good. I'm not his fan. He isn't a woman for me to love him or hate him. Well, he was right, not right in many respects, although he indeed remains the legitimate president, whether we want it or not, whether the stinking Banderovites want it or not. And that word here, let me see. What, what is the word? Is Banderovite, what does that mean? Stepan Bandera, Stepan Andreevich Bandera, Ukrainian, 
was the Ukrainian politician and theorist of the militant right wing of the far-right organization of Ukrainian nationalists and the leader and ideologist of Ukrainian ultranationalists known for his involvement in terrorist activities. Born in Galicia in the time of the Kingdom of Galicia, part of Austria-Hungary, into the family of Greek Catholic priest, young Bandera became a Ukrainian nationalist. Okay, so maybe he's for real. Sounds like he's a Ukrainian nationalist for real. Very good. I got tired of listening, hearing anybody can insult a person. But first of all, we need to figure out who motivated it. What is the reason? Few people know that Mr. Renat Akhmetov did the main mayhem. Renat Leonidovich <laughs> Akhmetov, Mr. Kolomishki, okay, another Jewish oligarch, the head of World Jewish Congress, no less, Mr. Dimotro Firtash and others like them, all these oligarchs. Initially, it looked like two clans were fighting for a sinecure and a, uh, a, an easy job, how it was in 2005. And now this is simply the direct application of Ukraine by the U.S. through figureheads. He says, I'm not afraid of this. I've got nothing to be afraid of. Thank God I will have the strength to stand up for myself. But my spouse had stayed there in Kiev. And not just my spouse. There are many people who would like to join Russia. Very many people who simply want help from Russia to clean out the Holy Rus from the invasion <laughs> of red-brown plague and of American Zionists. Okay, so there are people there who understand that Zionism rules the roost. I'm not an anti-Semite. Of course you're not. You're criticizing Jews, aren't you? God forbid, I'm an internationalist. Apparently a communist internationalist. I am a man brought up in the spirit of Soviet internationalism. Yeah, communist internationalism. But I'm, let the people not confuse, I don't have any hate toward ordinary Jews. They are not to blame for anything. They also suffer from their magnates, the so-called Orthodox Judaic organizations of the Hasidim. And in particular, the Chabad organization, which rules over this all this black feast. Good choice of words, a black feast. How about that? So let no one accuse me of anti-Semitism. Well, I mean, <laughs> they're not Semites. Another story. And in the end of it, I can tell you how it's said in Odessa, who are Semites and who are, anti or who are Jews and who are not Jews. Do you know? Jews are those who drink before seven, and non-Jews are those who drink after seven. <laughs> That's what they say in Odessa. I love Odessa's humor. The real old Odessa's humor. Yeah, because the Jews uh, drink minimally because they don't want to get drunk and foul things up. But I hate what's being done. Imagine yourself a scene on the Maidan. Representatives of the Greek Catholic Church stand. Stand the representatives of the so-called autocephaly Semesviati, which during World War II went around and showed the Germans this family has children on the front lines. This one has children in partisans and so on and so forth. Also the representatives, so anyway, uh, he actually fought against Germans. Also the representatives of the so-called Kiev pseudo-patriarchate, which the Pope of Rome didn't even recognize in his time, headed by Mr. Mikhail Denisenko, who to this day calls himself Filaret for some reason. <laughs> but he is anathemized because of the oath crime 
and for many other sins to the Mother Church. Now, of course, the Mother Church has been taken over since 1963. Now he's trying, already went into a huddle with the right sector, in particular with a fascist organization such as Svoboda. That's a folding screen. Its real name is Social Nationalist Party of Ukraine. So that everybody knows. The name Svoboda is just a, they understood that they won't be able to enter the political arena if they will go under the real signboard. (laughs) We're Nazis, okay? So maybe these are real Nazis at this point in history. Then they put a law, there's that deputy Alexander Brihinitz. I think I don't remember, I'm not strong on these names. Yeah, they're they're hard for me to remember too. Uh, But I know that it's 100% a bill to ban the Moscow Patriarchate, okay, so they don't want Russian Orthodox Church to get reestablished. A bill to ban the Russian language in Ukraine up to criminal prosecution. All of this is the work of the ultra-right with the support of American fascists, so to speak. No, this is all the work of Zionists pretending to be ultra-rightists and supporting ultra-right either dupes or actors. I can't call them otherwise. These are the ultra-right of world imperialism. Now, this is a, uh, an abuse of language because the right wing has never been for, for world imperialism, has always fought world imperialism. But this is how confused things get when you speak with communists, you know, anti-Zionist communists and pro-Zionist communists, of which, uh, uh, you know, there, there, were, there was that rift in the early days between Stalin and other and mainly, and of course, Stalin was part Jewish, but uh, Stalin used the tactic of national communism, Soviet communism, although secretly he was still promoting international communism. That was simply another tactic. And other Jew, Jewish communists were uh, openly advocating and supporting Zionism at the same time. So Stalin did not support Zionism openly. But nevertheless, he supported Jews in Russia. (laughs) Now here's an interesting comment by Cass, C-A-S. China is fully run by Jews. Thank you very much. As seen how they have implemented what Hitler did, only preserving the Jews' usury. (laughs) Oh, well, did they actually get rid of Jews? I don't think so. I think the Jews just blended in. Its symbol is the dragon, for Pete's sake. The Jew's symbol is the snake slash dragon devouring its tail. Ever consider that Almighty God is taking from this earth the pure in heart, etc., who understand this as a false earth and dimension? Those who want to live in peace with their neighbors? Yeah, when, when has that ever happened? What will ensue is that those who worship Jews will be transmuted to Jews' hell dimension. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, now, we better we better start working on these people who are still uh, you know befuddled by the Jews. This is uh, talk about uh, hellfire and brimstone. All right, you worship the Jews, you go to the Jewish created hell. The Jews rule in hell. That is fact. This uh, and they're trying to rule here. I mean, they're doing a pretty damn good job here too. This earth is being turned into hell fact. The earth is being destroyed primarily via Jews' usury and pillage of said earth. The Jews basically, and he spells it J-O-O-S, the Jews basically invented planned obsolescence, which is destroying the earth. 
A light bulb, for example, has already been engineered long ago to last for a hundred years or more. Almost, yeah, it was <laughs> created by Thomas Edison. <laughs> Almost unlimited free energy has been invented long ago, yeah, by Tesla, yet swallowed up by Jew corporations because it is not profitable. Einstein's hypothesis of relativity has been proven false over a hundred years ago by a German who got a particle to go faster than light. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, come on. You're breaking all of our illusions, sir. Or gal, CAS, whoever CAS is. My hypothesis in these things are withholden from mankind because this is a hell dimension for wayward spirits on their way for what the book of the Hebrews says is spirits of just men made perfect. Flesh equals earthy, soul equals shape, spirit equals eternal part. Okay, well, I'd say that person is on our side. <laughs> but Now that person is a cynic, <laughs> but very realistic. We're trying to be realistic. This is posted March 17, 2022 on Christians for Truth. Very, very well said, very well said. Flanders comments. Yes, Cass, I do think you speak correctly. Communist China was created by the Jews and serves their interests, unquote. Communist China was created by Rothschilds and their agents. On October 1, 1941, uh, sorry, 49, Mao Zedong declared the founding of the People's Republic of China in Tiananmen Square, Beijing. He was funded by Rothschild-created communism in Russia and also the following Rothschild agent, Solomon Adler, a former United States Treasury official who was a Soviet spy, Israel Epstein, the son of a Jewish Bolshevik imprisoned by the Tsar of Russia for trying to ferment the revolution there. Now, let's remember these names. Solomon Adler, Israel Epstein, and now, and Frank Coe, C-O-E, a leading, he, he dropped the H and the N, Frank Coe, a leading official of the Rothschild-owned IMF. Jews were behind the rise to power of Mao Zedong, the communist dictator of China, who tortured and murdered tens of millions of Chinese, mostly Christians, during his brutal reign. Sidney Shapiro, an American Jew, was in charge of China's propaganda organ. Another Jew, the same Israel Epstein, was Mao's minister of appropriations of finance. Okay? So, and that's from lorddreadnoughtlive.livejournal.com. Okay, very, very good. Thanks for that very brief summary of how communist China was created and financed by Jews. Folks, of course, uh, very little research, and uh, you're never going to get any reporting on this from the Jew-controlled press because they're always the good guys, right? So that, that's why we hear nothing, absolutely nothing, about communist Russia or China from uh, the current uh, group of uh, so-called journalists that run America. Okay, so uh, uh, in, in the link, I talked about, somebody asked me a question before today's show about did, did St. Patrick really drive the snakes out of Ireland? And of course, that's a myth. And so I posted the link up above in the chat room and uh, maybe I'll just do it again because I think it uh, it got hidden away from all the postings there. But uh, this is from independent.ie. And the title is, St. Patrick Drove Out the Pagans, Not the Snakes. 
Okay. <laughs> and has a photograph of an actress surrounded by her pet snake, Bubbles, by Tim Prendeville. All right, so uh, here we see that uh, what what really happened and what uh, what Saint and now, now actually my information too is that Saint Patrick was not a Catholic either. <laughs> he's uh, he's uh, Columba, renamed. Certainly, Columba was not a Catholic, and uh, the Catholics took over from uh, you know the the Celtic Church. So again, mythology, the Catholics are not uh, immune to mythology either. So, by Tom Prendeville, March 16, 2008. The legend of St. Patrick driving the snakes out of Ireland may be nothing more than misreading of an ancient text. <laughs> yeah, like, how about misreading of the Bible? That hasn't happened much, has it? According to Irish lore... St. Patrick scattered the serpents and drove them into the sea, though most naturalists are convinced that larger reptiles were never a part of our fauna. Now it's emerged that the myth may have come about because of a too literal translation of an ancient 6th century text called the, the Dinshekas. The Dinshekas. Oh, the text carries an account of a sect called the Kramkruch, which used who used to the symbolism of the snake. In time, Kram Krush eventually became a powerful force in Ireland, whose followers used the snake as their symbol. Well, you'll find these snake worshippers all over the world, don't you? They even predate the Jews, but many Jews are descended from them. And herein may lie the real story about St. Patrick driving out the snakes. But of course, the dragon of China is a form of snake also, isn't it? Kram Krush, which literally means the Bloody Crescent, was a pagan site of worship near the village of Balimagoron in County Kavan. Its exact location was in the plain of Magsliacht, which translates into the Field of Adoration. At its entrance was a large megalithic standing stone, which was surrounded by twelve smaller upright lintels. Very interesting, because... The research I've done on, uh, on, uh, oh, uh, the patriarch, the great Joshua. <laughs> sorry, uh, the patriarch Joshua tells me that he actually visited Ireland, uh, and and Scotland and uh, mainland England, and uh, actually erected uh, hinges like Stonehenge. He may have actually erected Stonehenge itself. So why twelve stones? Was it an Israelite or a pseudo-Israelite construction? Could be, all right? So, and as I reported a couple of weeks ago on the circles of time uh, by which Yahweh regulates the universe, the number 12 is crucial. It's not, we have a, a base 12 system, not a base 10 system. And it's all, be, you know, 12 hours a day, 12 tribes of Israel, etc., etc. The number 12 figures very uh, closely in Yahweh's time management system, okay? And so it says, and in fact, they actually mentioned that at the, its entrance was a large megalithic standing stone which was surrounded by 12 smaller upright lintels. So in a sense, it looked like Stonehenge in England. 
The Kram Krush cult were very bloodthirsty, with the faithful expected to sacrifice their firstborn in his honor to assure a successful harvest. The annual slaughter took place in the pagan feast of Samhain on November 1st. Each year, explains historian Thomas Moriarty, who specializes in pre-Christian Ireland. Unfortunately, the pagans have returned to Ireland. Okay. <laughs> and uh, they're, they drink beer, too. It's an, or ale. It's recounted in the text, and whiskey, it's recounted in the text that St. Patrick marched on the place with a band of well-armed missionaries, mocked its demons, blessed the place afterwards, and then destroyed the site. Uh, would you bless it after destroying it? Uh, who knows? By all accounts, a major battle took place, but Patrick and his well-armed followers won the day. Like I said, these pagans make poor warriors. <laughs> the people feared terrible retribution from the pagan god afterwards, but it never came to pass. And from that point onwards, the cult's grip was effectively broken in Ireland for all time, until recently, until the Jews returned. The event is recorded in the 6th century Dinshinkas text, otherwise known as the Book of Leinster, adds Thomas Moriarty. According to Brendan Scott of Cavan County Museum, a standing stone which stood at the entrance to the site was destroyed, but the Kram Krush idol is still in existence. Quote, we have the Kilklugan stone, which is part of the original Krum Krush idol. When St. Patrick came along, it was covered in gold and would have stood in the center. Surrounding it were 12 smaller stones which were covered in silver. There is a rath or fort, at the top of a hill near Ballyconnell in West Cavan called Derryrath. And I reckon that was the original site where St. Patrick had the battle and destroyed the idol, explains Brendan Scott. Okay, well, it's very interesting because from the book of Enoch, we find that Enoch was the builder of many such hinges, I should say, not hinges, hinges, with uh, you know twelve stones. Of course, these were calendar; these were calendar sites. They would uh, cite the sunrise, especially on the equinoxes and solstices. Okay, the purpose of these hinges was for calendrical usage. Now, it's possible that even Enoch, because he lived many hundreds of years as well, although it was three three hundred sixty-five years, <laughs> Yahweh chose that time for him to live. But of course, the pre-Noachian patriarchs averaged, you know, like 600 years of lifespan, and they would have gotten around. So it's quite possible that Stonehenge was built by Enoch. And then, of course, after leaving and after the flood, some of these monuments would still be standing, and pagans took over and used these same, uh, you know, hinges for their pagan rituals. This is quite possible. So let's continue. All right. So we have the Kilklugan stone, which is part of the original Krumkruch idol. And when St. Patrick came along, it was covered in gold. Okay. So Ireland has two native reptiles which belong to the serpent family the common lizard and the slow worm. A legless, snake like serpent measuring several inches long 
which is native to Clare. Is that a county? C-L-A-R-E? The common lizard, or Lacerta vivipara, belongs to the same family as the mildly poisonous adder, which is found in Britain, but not here. The native Irish lizard lives mainly in coastal areas and hibernates until the spring, and one of the largest colonies in the country is in Sleeve Bloom, Tipperary. Okay, so there never were any real <laughs> snakes except for these two, uh, two uh, small, small featured uh, s- semi serpents, I guess is what we would call them. Uh, so, uh, folks, uh, the, the, these legends carry on, and like I said, I don't even believe Saint Patrick was his real name, <laughs> but uh, the Catholic Church is not going to reveal any uh, any reality. Okay, so. One uh, and speaking of uh, misrepresentation of words, one final item for today, and this is biblical, and this is, and I'm definitely going to share this with people in the chat room here, because this is a qu- the question: Did cannabis exist in in the Old Testament, and is it one of the herbs that it was referred to by Moses. Okay. Very interesting story here. And, uh, okay. So, oh, I'm sorry. It didn't post. Let me try that again. Okay. So, cannabis or calamus? What does the Bible really say? And the story is by Lynn Kempen. How many times have you been told that the use or consumption of the cannabis plant is a sin or of the devil? The next time someone says it's the devil's weed, correct them for they know not what they say. Well, we're still not going to advocate, you know, getting high. And uh, cannabis has a very deleterious effect on your memory. And slurred speech slows you down, etc., etc. So uh, I don't know if anybody has kept records of how many traffic accidents are caused by the slow reactions of people who, who have smoked weed. But I doubt that Moses smoked it. He may have used it for healing purposes. We'll find out. With the word Hebrew words for calamus and cannabis so similar, and I'm going to spell them, C-A-L-A-M-U-S, calamus, and cannabis, C-A-N-N-A-B-I-S, now, I never would have suspected there was a Hebrew word for cannabis. And the fact that calamus is of lesser value and also toxic, we must question the validity of the term calamus in English versions of Scripture. Okay, very interesting. Now, of course, hemp. Hemp has many, many uses. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind that the Israelites would have used hemp for multi- multifarious purposes. Okay, whether or not they smoked it is another question. The word calamus is found in the KJV three times. Exodus thirty twenty three, God telling Moses the formula for the anointing oil. Two hundred fifty shekels worth. That's a lot of money because <laughs> shekels are weights of gold. Two hundred fifty weights of gold, or it could be silver. KJV. Sweet calamus, NKGV, sweet-smelling cane, uh, 
ESV Aromatic Cane, NASB Fragrant Cane, Stinkweed, <laughs> some smokers call it today, I guess it's a variation of it, Song of Solomon 414, speaking of it in a refreshing garden, and Ezekiel 2719, speaking of Cain as merchandise. The KJV translates the Hebrew word for kane, Q-A-N-E-H, pronounced kona, into calamus. Per Strong's concordance, kane means a reed as erect, by resemblance a rod, especially for measuring. Shaft, tube, stem, the radius of the arm, Beam of a steel yard, balance, bone, branch, calamus, cane, reed, spearman, stalk, unquote. So these are all the various words that could be substituted for the Hebrew word kane. Calamus is one of them. The Hebrew word for calamus is kane bosom, B-O-S-M, which is plural. The singular for this is kane bos, which sounds remarkably close to the modern word cannabis. Okay, very interesting. Let's continue. According to Webster's New Hebrew Dictionary, the current Hebrew word for cannabis is cannabos, spelled K-A-N-A-B-O-S, which uh, I presume is Jewish Hebrew. Thus, contentions that the KJV possibly interpreted the Hebrew word incorrectly, incorrectly as calamus warrant consideration. Let's consider it. If Exodus 30.23 is referring to a monetary value of calamus or cannabis, the 250 shekels is approximately $125 worth, which is 2.5 cents per gera, times 20 geras a shekel, times 250 shekels in Exodus 30.23, which is a considerable amount. Yeah, it's expensive stuff, not to be sneezed at. Per the ATS Bible Dictionary and others, they probably had it imported from Mexico, a shekel is a term for either weight or currency of a coin. A shekel is worth 20 geras. A gera is the smallest weight or coin among the Israelites, and worth about two and a half cents. If the 250 shekels is referring to weight instead of coinage, it is a considerable amount of whatever it is in the KJV is referring to as calamus. While cannabis is non-toxic, not a single death has ever been directly attributed to it despite much effort being given to document such a fatality with the possible exception of uh, people slow at the wheel. Like I said, there's not much uh, documentation of that. Calamus is mo- and uh, accidents committed at work because of your mind slowing down. Calamus is most definitely a toxin. The FDA banned calamus from uses in food and medicines in 1968 as calamus contains more than 75% azarone, A-S-A-R-O-N-E, azarone. Azarone is a poison which has been shown to cause cancer and has ill effects on the heart, liver, and kidneys. This toxin in calamus is used for pest control. <laughs> oh, I bet people are smoking that too. 
why would God specify a large quantity of a poison be used in holy anointing oil? Very good question. In 1936, Sula Bennett, a Polish etymologist from the Institute of Anthropological Sciences in Warsaw, revealed solid evidence of the Hebrew use of cannabis, or cannabis rather. The word cannabis had previously been thought to be of Scythian origin, as Scythians first brought the plant to Europe. Maybe the Scythians found it out in the, you know, out in the svelte, <laughs> out in the veldt of southern Russia and brought it back to Israel. Who knows? But Bennett showed it had much earlier has much earlier origin in Semitic languages like Hebrew. In the original Hebrew text of the Old Testament, there are references to hemp, both as incense, which was an integral part of religious celebration, and as an intoxicant. Bennett demonstrated that the word, the word for cannabis is kanebosum, and in traditional Hebrew, kane or kanebus, the root kan here means reed or hemp, while bosum means aromatic. This word appears five times in the Old Testament, Exodus, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, and has been mistranslated as calamus, a common marsh plant with little monetary value that does not have the qualities or value ascribed to cannabosum. The error occurred in the oldest Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, the Septuagint, in the 3rd century BC, and was repeated in translations that followed very interesting. Maybe they couldn't translate cannabosum to Greek. Maybe the Greeks had no word for it and it was mistaken for calamus. It is illogical to assume that a plant, a calamine, right? Maybe that's a healing substance used to heal your skin. Maybe that was the attempted translation. It is illogical to assume that a plant as important as cannabis, which is such an incredibly useful source of fiber for textiles, loaded with nutritive oils and medicinal properties while also being non-toxic and ridiculously easy to grow, would have gone unnoticed and would have been ignored by the Judaic religion. Well, it's not a Judaic religion, by the Hebrew Old Testament. Yeah, it's not likely to have been ignored because, you know, Father told us, he has created all these herbs and plants for our well-being. Okay, and certainly the cannabis plant can be used for that and has been legalized for that purpose. With as many benefits, medicine and utilitarian, that cannabis has to offer humanity, I contend humanity needs to expedite the end of the prohibition of this non-toxic plant and have it removed from the government's drug schedule listing. There is no valid reason to have our brothers and sisters jailed for consuming this non-toxic plant. There's no need to have lives ruined for trying to be healthy. Now, of course, this compares with alcohol. And I have argued for many years, even though I'm not a user of cannabis, I've uh, argued for many years that, that what's the difference? Alcohol is an intoxicant, and people get in deadly traffic accidents all the time after using alcohol. So why is cannabis illegal, or has cannabis been illegalized, and alcohol not? Okay, and alcohol has done tremendous damage to our society. 
You know, so, but the same applies. You don't smoke and drive. You don't drink and drive. You don't drink and go to work. You don't smoke and go to work. Uh, and for me, uh, staying uh, normal, because <laughs> Paul said, advises us to be sober, which I consider normal, sober and normal are the same thing, so that uh, you, you must use these substances judiciously and for your health. And a, a little a little bit of alcohol, like red wine, uh, there's loads of uh, studies telling you that it's good for you because it has uh, various good substances in it. And alcohol kills germs too, okay? But don't overdo it, which is you know true of anything. Bible believers specifically need to thoroughly examine this issue in the light of the etymology, the origin of a word of the historical development of its meaning, and the likelihood of mistranslation of kane in the King James Version. What if God intended cannabis as opposed to calamus to be part of the anointing oil? Good question. Well, let's see. What do you truly know about this plant? It's time we talk about this. For more information or to get involved, please contact us at hempenkempens at gmail. Or join us at Facebook at the Missouri Christians and Cannabis or Hempeneers United. We support the Missouri Cannabis Restoration and Protection Act. And now, I was planning on having Daryl come on to talk about this, but I couldn't get a hold of him. So this is actually a movement in the state of Missouri. And let's see if they get anywhere with this, because obviously a lot of lives have been ruined both by the overuse of intoxicants, and uh, you know, but not by the overuse of medicinal products. Well, you can overuse anything, but typically... If it's not put out by Big Pharma, then then it's it's illegalized. Okay, so it prompts me to ask the question. That's the end of the article. It's a very good word study from the uh, from this Christian person that uh, deserves uh, more looking at. Okay, so uh, there's a there's a real issue here as to who who from whom do you get these these drugs, these tinctures, these aromatic uh, uh, you know, substances. Well, the, Yahweh provided those for us, okay? And he says very clearly that he has provided these plants for our health. And so there's no reason why these, none, any of these plants can't be used for our health. And even aspirin is, uh, is a chemical redaction, for lack of a better word, tincture uh, that uh, Big Pharma has created from a bark, tree bark. But they can't patent tree bark, so they have to isolate the active substance, as it were, okay, uh, which THC, I think, is the active substance in for getting people high. But what about the active substance for healing? Okay, well, that has been legalized uh, pretty much all over the world. And for good reason, because for one thing, it's a painkiller. And uh, I have yet to try it, because I haven't had that much of an issue with pain. I, I just sort of live with it <laughs> when I have pain. I'm dealing with a hyperextended knee as we speak, and I, you know, I've, I've rubbed some uh, emu oil on it, and, uh, 
and some magnesium oil. Uh, that's what I use for pain. So uh, I don't know if that stuff works or not, but people tell me that it does. So but nevertheless, you have a right to reduce your pain. And if that works for you, so much the better, okay? Uh, because it's not, you know, again, moderation in all things. We have to use that principle in everything we do. So that's the best I can say about that. So, okay, uh, next article here, The Fallacy of Baby Steps in Cannabis Reform. Oh, man, posted by Mark Peterson. I know this guy. <laughs> I know this guy. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll just ignore that comment. The Fallacy of Baby Steps in Cannabis Reform. Incremental change and why it doesn't work. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure what this is about, but we have about four minutes left. Everyone who knows me or has read any of my articles knows that I am quite adamant and quite literal regarding real legalization. Truly, I don't understand why it isn't the goal for all of us. In my travels over the last 30 years, I have found very few who didn't find prohibition to be, at best, an infringement of our rights as an American. And yet, the ones that I find most lacking in faith for real legislation are the very activists striving to bring it. It's unfortunate that some have actually made cannabis reform a lifelong career. Now, after years invested, they find themselves striving against their first love, intent on preserving their income and position. These are usually the first to claim quite emphatically and apathetically that all things come in baby steps. Not sure what the author is getting at here. Maybe he will clarify in the next couple of paragraphs. Actually, I think he's referring to legalization, perhaps in the state of Missouri. Actually, baby steps are quite common in state government. Haggling over some issues can take years and require much compromise and much cash. <laughs> Greasing palms of politicians. By the time many issues become law, they have little or no resemblance to their former self. Yeah, they have changed from cannabis to uh, porcupines. But what if there were an injustice that was long overdue, a correction, something that was so monumental that it spanned almost a century and impacted the lives of billions? What if within, the, within this injustice were found literally no truth, but only prejudices, lies, and propaganda? much birth from our very government. Now, what if we had it within our power to bypass all the corruption that had grown like a cancer over 70 years, quickly and completely? How can baby steps be incorporated into this scenario? The fact is, it can't. First, it's important to understand how state government works. Our laws, for the most part, reside in what are called state statutes. Statutes are the part of the state government that is supposed to support the state constitution. <laughs> Has that worked in your state? And provide, actually, the state, the state government ignores the statutes it passes and does what it pleases. That's the, that's the reality of virtually every state in the country and all governments in the world. And that's well said. Statute are a part of the state government that is supposed to support the state constitution and provide all ancillary protections for citizens and businesses operating within their borders. Statutes are where we find regulations for virtually all things regarding the day-to-day -day operation of life within a particular state. This is also the realm of state senators and representatives. It's where they live. That's their business. That's their job. 
Okay, almost nothing makes its way into the statutes without first passing through the hands of many lawmakers along with the cash that goes from one palm to another. So, uh, so he's an advocate for change, but he's complaining about how difficult it is to create this change. Yes, it is difficult, especially once a lie is established and once a false legislation has been passed. It's very difficult to correct it. But anyway, that's today's show. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition, and we'll see you all next time. Okay, take care. Yahweh bless. Bye-bye. Free people who have never remained.